Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers! Yes, that's right. It is my dulcet tones you are hearing tonight. Because we're not playing a regular game of D&D tonight, we're all just fresh off of RTX, and we are going to talk a little bit about our experiences with a very different drinks with the DM. Though our DM is still here tonight. Oh, uh, hi. Lauren, Lauren, hold up a newspaper with the date on it. Prove we <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Wait, are, I, are we taking hostages now? <laughs> will you give me about an hour to go find a place that still sells a newspaper? How about a phone? I can hold up my my phone as the I date. Yeah. The time that's a, right for that's our a, that's audio podcast so they can see. Yeah. See, everybody? Here's my phone. Yeah. Look, it was still funny. It was, so totally, it was totally funny. So yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be in charge of this partially because you know what I don't fucking need to be in charge. Jules got this, but mostly because also uh, I need to leave in the middle of it because I have to go do another recording. So, but we don't have a Jack at the moment. I guess I'm swapping. I guess I'm turning into Jack. Jules, are you polymorphing me into Jack? Turning into Jacko? Yes, you're turning into Jacko? Yes, I think so. <laughs> do, 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 do. Turning into Jacko? Yes, you're turning into Jacko? Yes, I think so. It's now just a dance party. Dance party. The system is down. The system is down. And that's, that's how we break the internet. Yep. It's over. Everyone go home, guys. This is basically what we do when we're not playing. Yeah, this is what, this is a peek behind the curtain, if you mm-hmm. will. So, Lauren, are you, this was very impromptu. This was not, well, <laughs> some of us thought it was planned. We, we are very good at planning and also very bad at planning. So good we think we've planned things when they're not planned. Yeah. Yep. You drinking anything tonight, Lauren? I just have water because the game that I'm going to... So here's here's the deal because it's not like it's a secret. We're a part of the podcast of Waterdeep, which is this big Whee! event going on that's going to be broadcast on the Wizards of the Coast Dungeon Delve feed. And we are... There's eight different podcasts that are all doing a ongoing story with special guests. And then there's two extra podcasts at the end. So it's a 10 episode arc, one big story. And Dungeon Drunks is doing episode six with two special guests. We've got Kyle Vogt, who is better known from Maze Arcana, and uh, Anna from WonderQuest Pod will be joining you. And we're we're going to be recording that in, in a little while. But tonight, on the the day that we're recording this, the reason we're not normally recording Dungeon Drunks is because I'm playing in episode 10, which has been interesting for me to try to coordinate with a whole bunch of DMs what's going on without getting spoiled myself. So that's happening... Yeah. Wait, oh, you, we, you, when you said we were episode 6, and you earlier told us we were episode 10, my brain kind of went... No, 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 we're episode six, but I'm playing in episode 10. So I've been spending the last couple of weeks uh, coordinating what we're doing to work with all of the other groups and then also trying to avoid spoilers for episode 10. It's not just me. The, there's a bunch of other people in episode 10. Some of them are other DMs in the earlier shows. So it, it's not like I'm in a unique position. It's just an interesting position to plan 
half an, a thing, but try to avoid the rest of the thing. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll be posting on our social media when all of that comes out, including our episode and the episode I'm playing in. I will be not playing in a character from Dungeon Drunks lore, but I will be playing one from my backstory in the game that I played, uh, the Curse of Strahd game that my husband ran many years ago. I played an Aarakocra monk named Kwai, who happens to be the brother of Soria, which has only ever come up once in dungeon drunks lore but he is a monk and he is he is super fun and he has spent most of his time in barovia and now he's gonna go to Waterdeep and he's gonna do things in Waterdeep. and i don't know exactly i i have a vague idea of what we're doing all i know is that when when aram our dm from god's fall was asking everybody what we're playing and everybody was rattling things off and i'm like i don't know i've got some ideas and he goes well we could really use a monk and i went <gasps> I was so Opportunity! Excited. I was so excited to pull Kwai back into the podcasting fold. So, so you'll have to listen to episode ten for for the second of of my Aarakocra trifecta. There, that was me talking a lot. <laughs> Sorry. All right. No, I'm actually we we would be talking honestly if we were just sitting chatting. We'd be talking about all this anyway. Uh, sure. So let's see. Uh, speaking of things that hit things, that's my segue, Carlton. What you drinking tonight? I hit things. Well, because I thought we were doing our podcast a Waterdeep episode, I was going to bust out the ranch soda, mm. but oh. I haven't opened it yet. Oh, God. So Why? I'm going to save it for when we're working with famous people, and they get to see oh, what the torment. Dear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Jules, you didn't see you didn't see those other sodas, <sighs> did you? I know. Yeah, the Ethan and Becca brought, brought a six-pack, and only two of them got opened. It was the... The buffalo wing and the peanut butter and jelly, I think, were the two. And then sweet corn, I think, because that's oh. the one's missing as well. Okay. I didn't know about the sweet corn. I, I knew about it, but I didn't know it got opened. So, yeah. yeah the, that's what, what they left me was bacon flavored soda, ranch dressing flavored soda, and pumpkin pie flavored soda, which what? might actually not be that bad. Ethan, I thought you were our friend. He is. You think the guy who gave us Hydra Hooch is our friend? He I is. don't know. Friendship. He's a friend of me. No. Friendship is magic. I'm not sure. <laughs> He's a friend of me at best. <laughs> he is a good person and we like him. Yeah, for serious Precisely. though, he helped us he out, he helped out a bunch. He did. Weekend, he actually so. he helped us out so much. And speaking yeah. of magical friendship, Jonathan. Actually, I'm so sorry. I cut Carlton off before he could say what he's actually drinking. Oh, what are you actually oh. drinking? <laughs> I have lemon flavored propel. Ah. Water. Healthy. Ish. Super healthy. All right. And now. Speaking of magical friendship. <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular, what are you drinking? Uh, it's Jonathan, and I'm playing Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I'm skipping my fireball shot tonight because, eh, you know, taking a break. But I do have this lovely Argus uh, Ginger Perry Cider. Ooh. It's from Austin, Texas. It's one of the things we picked up from uh, Specs for our cider skirmish that we had Saturday night uh, after we had gotten back from Schlitterbahn and we decided, you know what? We're going to watch Critical Role. We're going to have a cider skirmish. Practically speaking, most of the weekend was cider skirmish because we had people all weekend coming in and then we had tons of cider, which I I actually rescued a bunch from the fridge. But uh, this was one of the ones that... that I can't remember if we bought or someone brought, but it's really good. It's uh, it's very dry. It's not that sweet. And so it's probably pretty good for me. And uh, and I like it. Well, last but not least, I'll tell you what I'm drinking. 
I, yeah, I also thought we were recording tonight, so I busted out a beer. This is uh, Lake of Bays Brewing Co., which I think is Lake of Bays. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Is sure. it really like, wait, is it Lake of Bays? Lake of Bays. It's Lake of Bays Brewing Company. Uh, but I'm assuming oh, nice. B- a-Y. Yeah, okay. All right. But still awesome. Lake of phonetically Bay. on brand. Lake of Bay, phonetically on brand. It is their spin dive <laughs> summer goes. Phonetically and... on brand. That was good. Also, <laughs> I missed that. Just like I've missed like all the obvious things. Oh, no. I'll tell you a quick story. I don't think I've ever told this in the podcast before. This is like, I I consider myself. I would say I fall into the category of smart cookie in general i would agree agree most of us would agree sometimes though i take after my father who's a very smart cookie a very 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 smart cookie but often doesn't miss the doesn't really well he misses the obvious um and one of those times was when originally we were this actually goes with a question someone just sent us but originally when i was looking at the the podcast i wanted to be something fiery and i wanted to be a dragonborn and then i I, for some reason i don't know i just decided it really wasn't for me but i was like i'm gonna play a dragonborn what should i name my dragonborn i tweeted out and somebody said bernie burns and i thought ha 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 that's so funny and i did not make the connection to i don't know the bernie burns (laughs) one one michael burns one 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 co-founder of rooster teeth so like (laughs) Yeah, and then I thought, well, I love that name. I want to name her Bernice, and that would be funny because she's called Bernice. Like, I was just like, what a great name because it's a dragon. Ha, 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 fire, funny. And then I just did not get the actual purpose of that. And so then I decided that gnomes were really, like, the best embodiment of who I was as a human being. You can take that however you'd like. And so, yeah, it was, oh, way longer than it should have been before. Like, <laughs> way God. longer than way. I'm not comfortable telling you how long. Just put it that way. Those are always fun, though. Like, <laughs> you go years, like, seeing something right in your face, and then and then it's like, oh. I'm doing my best impression of a Lammy-O. He has the best, uh, 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 you we love Lammy. Lammy friend, of, <laughs> friend of the show, Lammykins. Lammy Q Lammykins. Fellow Jonathan. Fellow Jonathan. Jonathan. Because Lamb- there aren't enough J's in our life. Correct. <laughs> never. Never, never enough. enough J's. There can only ever be one L, though. That's the rule. <laughs> oh, no, that'd be not. No, Wait, no, 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 no they- then we'd lose Lori and, okay, never mind. Yep, and I'd lose my other Lauren from monthly modules. I love that there's a second Lauren. It's amazing. We'd lose friend of the show, Lizzie. I yep. mean, everyone loves Lizzie, right? <laughs> friend of longtime friend of the show, Lizzie. Lizzie, we'd you know also she's lose Luke. Stab you. She, she stab is. You. She is. I have, to, I have to wait to November for that, though. <laughs> so start making your, start saying your goodbyes and drafting. Your yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start wrapping a phone book around the side that I think she's going to go for. She's right-handed, right? So yeah. Like, like this yeah. side. Okay. Hey, you Lizzie, better... what side are you planning on stabbing Jonathan in? <laughs> You have to have two witnesses for Wills, so you need to get that shit in order, man. It takes a while. And the notary public. Ah, Jack's back. Yeah. So, like I said, Lake of Bays thought it was a, you know, I was just thinking about the fact a lake filled with bays. Okay, you guys are original. Jack. Hey. Hey, has, your timing is perfect. I know. We were just talking about what we're drinking. Has Travancore Jr. gone to sleep? No. In fact, she has, uh, I tried to give her a bottle, and uh, the bottle came back up for dinner. 
So uh, yay! Oh, adventures and parents. Baby got a baby. Yeah, so so my wife is my long suffering wife is giving uh, Travis McCoy Jr. a bath right now. Oh, she is a she's a trooper. Both we love them both, not as much as you though. Aside from your child's vomit, are you drinking anything? No, I'm I'm uh, I'm teetotaling tonight. I mean, I managed to keep my mouth closed, and none of it got in my mouth. It is, however, all over my de- my beautiful DevCon shirt. That is oh, needs to be washed. Well, that's that's what industrial strength cleaners are for. Lesson number one of being a dad: don't fall in love with any. Although you know what, you do bring up a very good point, Lauren. So, uh, so I was having a yummy breakfast burrito at RTX, and uh, the day of our photo shoot, the day of our panel, right? And I think you can see where this is going. Um, I bite into it, and then a little bit of chorizo uh, grease ends up on the white part of my St. Jude t-shirt. Luckily, I was at Amanda and Jonesy's <laughs> condo, and uh, Amanda comes prepared. She comes correct, right? So she has, she knows exactly what to do. She has one of those. Uh, stain cleaning pens and she gives it to me and i apply it and it's like it never happened revisionist history yeah those in pens a are yep. prestidigitation yeah pretty much yeah. i i totally see uh, amanda as being what kind of wizard would that be just like a mom wizard she's a she mom would be wizard. a like a transmutation wizard yeah, I think. Mm. yeah. she would like create and and like manipulate things and make them make things into things that they aren't yeah she is, she is what everybody's cliche perfect mom or grandma is and where she is, has everything prepared already in her purse. Yeah. Yeah, she's got, she's like Mary Poppins. That is a more apt description with better hair. It's good to have friends like that, especially when you're like me and life kind of leads you around and you follow. <laughs> well, actually, let's, uh, let's, before we, uh, first, first question from, from submitted by the one and only Jules. <laughs> I like uh, her. She should ask more questions. She should ask more questions. Uh, since we have us all together, and we were just talking actually about RTX, which is the last time we were all together in person. Tell me what you. I'm I'm standing here trying to fit my beer back into my koozie <laughs> and not spill it. But my koozie is a really cool rooster teeth koozie. Oh well. That I got Ooh. from the coop, which my dear dear fiance thought was the co-op. <laughs> I thought it was the co-op too. Okay, I can like, totally see that. Cause, yeah, because you deal with co-ops, right? I and I that, yeah. okay. So that was one of the things that like the thing that you don't realize is a thing until and then later you're like, oh. So I saw it and I'm like, oh, it's a rooster teeth co-op. You know, you go there, you buy things. That's what a co-op is for. If That's it was a rooster teeth co-op, things would be way less expensive. No, so no uh, kidding. And uh, it wasn't until maybe. goddamn Sunday when someone actually said it out loud or something like that. And I was like, Rusty Coop. Isn't it pronounced co-op? Coop is kind of new. No, Coop makes sense. Chicken. Coop they, makes chicken way coop. more sense. They both That's the one make thing sense. I got. I went, Coop, yeah. chickens. I was very proud of myself. Golf so tell me, uh, actually, since uh, Jack just Jack just joined us, uh, did you get anything at RTX? And if you got multiple things, what was your favorite thing that you came home with? Did I get anything at RTX? No. Did I get something at Schlitterbahn? <laughs> yes. Hold on, yeah. <laughs> I think he's under duress. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. Well, Jack's, Jack's got a kid, so he's just, honestly, the fact that he can join us tonight is is awesome. him being great and Andre being a him, really good sport. His family and, and his daughter. Yeah. But uh all right, all right, Mr. Co-op. <laughs> Listen to you. What'd you get? I got a lovely set of Sith colored aluminum uh level up dice. I love this oh, color. It's so awesome. 
Uh, first set that I've gotten that aren't the PAX uh, D6s. Uh, I also got this shirt, actually. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you uh, did. Yeah. So I have to revise my answer now. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, you could just say you got yeah, one, too. I got one, too. Um, but we did do uh, the escape game. We did their new classified uh, escape room. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we beat it, and I got this shirt. And I think that's about it, because I brought home a lot of booze. Yeah. Like, most of my RTX shopping was at Specs on Thursday. Well, you were the only one in the condo who was driving home, so you you get the spoils. Like Yeah. That's your prerogative. I got a ton of booze over there. So that was those were my two big takeaways. But the the dice are awesome. And I actually got to use them in a game the other day. So that that made me very happy. Nice. And back to, back to Jack. Now he's yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So Jack's back. RTX? Not exactly. Schlitterbahn, which is in nearby New Braunfels? Yeah. So I wanted to pick up... I only had so much time this trip. Unfortunately, um, delays and stuff meant my whole Thursday when I was going to buy stuff was gone. So, my wife wanted a souvenir, definitely had something for my kid, my brother-in-law, whose birthday was that weekend, wanted something as well for his new bar, which he finished his basement, put a nice bar there. So, I actually got this really cool shot glass for my brother-in-law, which is like an upside, a bottle, where the top part's sewed off, and then the, the bottle cap is like glued on there. So, it's a very cool blue thing. For my, uh, for Travancore Jr., I got a, a little dachshund with a life preserver around her and a little bow in her hair Aww. for Schlitterbahn. And for my wife, I got an elephant necklace because she loves elephants. Aww. And did you get anything for your dog? I no. He doesn't deserve anything because he's being <laughs> a bad dog. Bad dog. Aww. He could be a good dog sometimes. Poor Ricky. But this today's being kind of bad. All right, uh, Lauren, you get anything? Yes. As far as tangible goods, I did buy two shirts. I bought the Rooster Teeth LGBTQ rainbow Archie shirt. Pride. Archie Pride. Thank you. I bought that shirt, so I now have essentially two of the exact same shirt. One of them's the D&D ampersand, and one of them's the Rooster Teeth logo. So I'm just slowly collecting pride shirts, which is awesome. I also bought a SideQuest shirt. So I went over to SideQuest and I bought their shirt, which I pretty much do every year, but I also really wanted to this year because Luke drew their design. <laughs> So so I, I kind of wanted wanted one of those. And so those are the only two things that I bought. I did get, I, I can't quite reach it. It's sitting right over there. I was given by friend of the show and, and side quest awesome person, Jason, a 3D printed dice box with level up dice, which was awesome. A, a set of blue aluminum. And Luke actually got... The same thing in green. He got a, a a little dice box with the ampersand on it and green level up dice, which were gorgeous. So, so yeah, I, I got that. I don't think I actually bought anything else because, yeah, most of the money that I spent was on food. Going out to eat and have food and or staying in at the condo. It was mostly like lunches and then staying at the condo and buying food and and, and being with you guys. So... But two awesome shirts. Hey, you. It sometimes it's, you don't have to get a lot of stuff. Uh, Carlton. I feel like Carlton, the actual character, if he bought shirts, he would be like maybe ripping the arms off, or maybe that would be Jonathan. That's a Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Muscular. I usually just put them on and then I realize they're too small and they just rip on their own because I don't know how to size properly. And then and then Bernie takes them and slowly collects them so she can make you t-shirt quilt. Oh, because Bernie's the best. Uh, like Jonathan, I also got a set of level up dice, uh, except in hit where his are red and black, I got the Nightwing set, which are black and blue, and they also look super cool. 
uh, and I love rolling them. They, especially with their new uh, Bladetron font they have, it looks really good. But uh, my girlfriend Katie and I also uh, went to one of the vendors, and we got these like super comfy, stretchy pajama pants, and I got mine in this like dungeon, dungeon and dragon print. That's yeah. cool. Uh, except you might notice, uh, for those of you who can actually see, I will describe it to our listeners. Right in the crotch <laughs> is a goblin with a knife. With a- that's with a little dagger. totally on purpose. 100%. So I've named him Richard because he's a dick goblin. That's that's so on brand. Uh, kind of like dick elves, but in a different universe. Yeah, Absolutely. in a different universe. But yeah, Absolutely. there's like, uh, there's D20s on it. There's spell scrolls, shields, bows, staves, all the die, actually. And then uh, my dick goblin, Richard. Richard the dick goblin. I love but yeah, it. Yeah, it's like super breathable material. It's stretchy. I can like hike him up into shorts if I wanted to. Oh wow! You know Texas is hot. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that was my haul. How about you, Jules? Well, um, I also came home with a side quest shirt. I did not buy it though. No, <laughs> no, actually, I didn't buy it and steal it. But they, a uh, friend of the show, Jason, was just like, "Hey, do you want a side quest shirt?" And I went, "Shit, yes." <laughs> I did not say no when he asked me, and I've actually probably of all the things, I mean, I've worn that shirt four times since i've been home wow it's so soft sometimes it's like i'm just gonna wear this and then i'm gonna put it on again tomorrow i have washed it but i've worn it a lot it's a really soft shirt i came home with another snorlax (laughs) (laughs) i don't love it on brand on brand on brand on brand brand. i now have three I just, in my, I, my mother is in my brain right now telling me, you don't need this. And so often I didn't realize how much I've internalized the, I know you want it, but you don't need it. And then I just like, Steven, I was like, ah, oh, I don't really need this. And Steven was like, we'll take it. And I was like, okay, yes. I like it. Yes, Jonathan the Magic Muscular, whose hand is raised. I caught a Snorlax. I caught a very nice Snorlax while, uh, while I was at work Pokemon walking. Honestly, I need to keep my Snorlaxes to that. Uh, did I come up with anything else? I feel like I did. Oh, Kaiju Cut and Sew. Oh, oh my god. Uh, if you didn't stop by their booth, you really missed out. Um, I missed out I've, then. Same. You should check them out on Instagram. On Instagram, they're Kaiju Cut and Sew. And I've been fo- we follow them on Instagram. Actually, our account follows them. I follow them on Instagram. They make dice bags. Really super <gasps> were... cool dice bags. You told me about them. I Damn it, I should have gone. Aw. All right, and I, I will g- check them out. Dice bags, fanny packs, other, and, uh, they had dice packs, fanny packs, and, uh, pencil cases, and I got a Wonder Woman pencil pouch, and I got an Alice in Wonderland beautiful fabric dice bag, and you guys should all follow us on Instagram, because just about everything that, ooh, I, <laughs> that was like four burps. We're gonna try that again. <laughs> you should- combo! It was like, power by um, beat trigger. <laughs> you're so excited about the dice bags and instagram like, yeah i know i just like vomited on my mic just like just like travancore <laughs> what would travancore jr do children you vomit know what she did mic. not vomit on the mic she vomited on me let's uh make sure that's nice and clear for the record i appreciate the fact that she vomited <laughs> on something that was easier to clean than a microphone clarification achieved that's true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you guys if you follow us on instagram you can see all of the things that we bought, all of the all of the unnecessary yet so necessary purchases we made. And as Jonathan mentioned, we do have a question. Um, and I think this is a good... I don't know if you're looking at some of the ones I'm looking at. 
Are you? Looking I ain't at looking at one? Jack and or shit. Sorry, Jack. Yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, both one that was a reply to me and uh, a couple of that were replied replies to you. Uh, yeah, you read that. You do that question. Okay. Yeah, from Kyle, friend of the show, Kyle, aka hey. Google the Great. Hey, Kyle. Like he asks, and this is kind of in the theme of uh, of stuff we get from our fans with, who are awesome and we get to see at these cons. What are your opinions on mead slash yellow mills? I'm brewing some and was wondering if you would like a themed bottle next year for the RTX game. Kyle, of course we would. For those who don't know, Kyle is responsible for our wonderful flasks that, uh, oh, that yeah. you saw several of us sporting. I left mine here like a dope, so you did not see mine. But you saw everyone else's, and Kyle is awesome. So to answer your question, I think the consensus is yes, we would love that. Hard yes. Absolutely. I'm trying to think if I've... And this is so horrible, because I know mead is honey, al- is honey ale, basically. It's a honey alcohol. Mm-hmm. I've never had mead. I want some. I trust Kyle to give you an excellent mead experience. I, I do as well. I, mead isn't, uh, obviously, in my current condition, it's not. It's a bit too sweet for me. But uh, in the past, I've, I've enjoyed it, yeah. And hopefully you would be able to at least try some. You wouldn't. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would be able to try some. I wouldn't. I Believe me, I wouldn't be downing a whole bottle. So, like, if he, if just a single bottle for us to share would probably be, like, more than enough. Yeah, that's the th- other thing about me. Because it's so sweet, it's one of those things that sneak up on you. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're drunk. <laughs> Mead ninja. All of a sudden. Hey! Yeah, so, yeah, small that quantity. That never happens with us. Never. No, never. Never. Happens. Never. No. never. never happens. That being said... Well, this will be a tiny spoiler for the live game. I don't think anyone got super sloshed at our live game this year. I got I got fair to middling sloshed. Fair to middling. I definitely felt my eyes floating a bit. And, I uh, got super wasted. I was probably <laughs> the most wasted of everybody. Those, um, those, I, those uh, I, butterscotch beers, man. I, 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 was a, I was in a good place. Like, I had just enough to be able to roll with it. I I was I can't find my my lovely 3D printed dice box that was given to me. Oh, I don't no. know what happened to it. <laughs> I have my my you 3D printed box, yeah. which is the red one, and I think I have Jack's, which is the green one. Oh, uh, right. I mm. think mine may have been blue. Huh. Uh, so if someone picked up, if if you were at our panel and picked up a blue 3D printed dice box, you may thank Jason, uh, <laughs> aka Zero Opti, for. Jason, who is basically the the Santa of RTX dice boxes? Yeah. Santa, I know, and it looked cool. And I remember, and it, what what got me was that I was in a hurry because I was trying to make a dinner reservation. So I was kind of like, "Oh, I gotta go." And I don't one, I don't remember who I asked to take care of my bag, but it got taken care of. So let's chat with Becca and Ethan because when I got ushered out of the room because I was too busy talking to people, they were the people that had packed up all of my stuff and it wouldn't surprise me if they were just those responsible people who took care of everything and it's just in their stuff. So let's... Probably. Yeah. They... they... Good friends of the show. Oh my god, they helped us out so much. Yeah. yeah, they were amazing. Uh, I got sassy drunk. That's where I was at. Sassy. I got malady. <laughs> Yeah, on, the, you, on like you on a scale one to bur- belligerent, I was mouthy. Yeah, you <laughs> the trickster part of Bernie came out quite a bit. That well, game. that also the the trickster part of Bernie and the mouthy spawned our, my, our new favorite catchphrase. We need to have a chat about your alignment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I definitely think needs to be on a t shirt. Let me say this. I am not personally an alignment freak. I am the, the person who believes that your actions dictate your alignment, not the, away, the other way around. I also do not hold people to their alignment because you know what? Even the best people have moments and even the worst people have moments. 
that being said, <laughs> you have to be a little more conscious as a cleric or a paladin when your powers come from a god and the god has an alignment. So, so Do you yeah. think Queen Bay don't get mouthy? <laughs> oh, yeah. I also think Queen Bay understands sarcasm. And I think she also respects someone. If anyone in her church who has made it to level 10 is afforded a little bit of, of leeway. And uh, Jonathan, I think we had this discussion in the car a little bit later. But if Bernie had gone down that that particular discussion at level one, I think Bay would have immediately had a discussion with her. Well, at level 10, she's already quite proven herself and probably gets a little more leeway. But that's where that statement came from it was more out of jest than anything i didn't quite realize it was going to become the catchphrase that it is Uh, it is and if we do actually thanks to the grace of our patreons ever get a t-shirt like queued up and ready that is in that is the front runner for first t-shirt is that phrase we need to talk about your alignment we need to have to talk about your alignment there we go so this this question uh is Coming from Al Stover, and think it applies to all of us. For me, he said, if you weren't playing Bernie, what race and class do you think you would be playing? But I want to put that to all of you guys. If you weren't playing, oh, sorry, he is at Al Stover on Twitter. I hope I'm pronouncing Stover correctly. If you weren't playing your characters, what race and class do you think you would be playing? And to our DM, if you weren't DMing, what would you want to play? I think Carlton Tanks has an answer. Yeah. <laughs> he's, so, he's got his hand up I've already. Been playing, <laughs> we love D&D Beyond here. And I've been playing with their randomizer. And I clicked the randomizer and I created it randomly created my new favorite character. He's a rock gnome. Fifth level, so one level of monk. Two levels of assassin rogue. Two levels of, or no, one level of hunter, ranger, and one level of hexblade. And his name is Murphy's Fabblestabble. Or Mr. Fabblestabble to you. Murphy's Fabblestab. That's the Fabble most. I'm going to call him Stabby. Is kind of the best. I love how all of you made it past the, the complete insanity multiclassing to get to his name. And I'm still stuck on, wait, two in Assassin Row. You got to get those cutting actions. <laughs> and oh, the randomizer, uh, the favorite enemy for the randomizer was Giants. Fuck you for being so tall. also i mean it's not that i got past it at all it just my brain went okay we don't we can't we have nowhere to land so we're gonna land on the name so yeah i really want to play mr fabblestabble it's just so ridiculous i feel like we should find a way for him to be like a professor somehow because i feel like the only thing better than mr fabblestabble is doctor dr fabblestabble get that education i yeah that doctorate in thugonomics yeah he has a doctorate in economics and you like don't know why but it's like he refuses to let you call him mr or 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 even professor it is dr fucking doctor fabblestabble oh god i knew someone uh tangentially who had a juris doctorate and insisted on being called doctor and it's like how about esquire because that's more appropriate yeah yeah, if you I got know. a doctorate, you got a doctorate. Yeah, John Zoyberg's doctorate in art history. Jurist doctorate, though. Jurist doctorate is kind yeah. of weird, yeah. It's usually a swear. Yeah. All right, uh, all right, Mr. Uh, Roadblock, Mr. Jonathan Magimuscular Esquire, if you were not <laughs> if you were not a legal oh, wizard, what would you, what race and class would you be? So actually, that's, uh, that's kind of funny because I was coming up with a character that I don't think I can do in some of our one shots is going to need to have a whole campaign. And it's funny that you say Esquire, because this character would be 
a warforged druid who at the point the campaign would start it would need to start a little bit later like fifth level or so third or fifth level is a lawyer or more more like a sort of like an advocate lobbyist kind of guy. environmentalist lawyer exactly so he basically got dropped into the forest and uh, all of his metal parts got grown out by a yew tree and so it basically all the metal in his body was replaced by this uh by this wood it hardened up so it's basically the same except he has no metal in him he's just wood and he stayed around the forest for like hundreds of years he made friends with the dryad of the yew tree and he kept killing poachers and hunters and everyone else who would like do the forest harm well he found that that wasn't very efficient like he would kill hunters but they would keep coming so he decided well where are these hunters coming from he decided to find that out he finds out that it's lords and companies and trade guilds and stuff that are sending these hunters into the forest so he decides to fight them on their terms, he be actually becomes a lawyer. Uh, there is actually in the new Eberron book, there's a Warforge that has uh, that can do uh, mental stats because he gets two free stats to anything. And so he is one of those. And he is charming and pretty wise because he's a uh, he's a Warforged. And if he can't get you in the courtroom, he shows up to your house, turns into a bear and kills you. Wow. <laughs> Never lost a case is what I'm hearing. So, something like that. He is lawful evil. And uh, I think it would be a very interesting character to play because he is unrepentant about what he does. He is okay with killing people for this purpose. And I th- I just, I, I think he could probably kind of swing lawful neutral, but I, I love the idea of playing him as lawful evil. And that's probably, that, that, I think that character would have an arc because he would have to learn how to work with people again. But I think that would be that that's what's kind of interesting me as well. Right. Right now. Also, goblins. I love the idea of like civilized goblins. Lauren, if you weren't our DM. Well, I've got two answers. The the answer that I've given when we've been asked this before is that I I've really found because I don't get to play that often in, until my second answer comes along. What I found I enjoy is becoming the person that fills the gap. So uh, I've been doing mostly either DMing or like random one shots over the past year and a half, two years. And it's been, okay, what are you guys playing? Oh, you need a this. And then as soon as I have a class, I can kind of build out from there. So like when I did Heroes Graveyard, they super duper needed a cleric. And it's like, all right, they need a cleric. They also could really use something with a high AC. So we'll go dragonborn and like bulky cleric and then like i build the characters from there so it's been a very long time since i've been able to like home grow my own character but i have for the past it's almost been a year now had this the third of my aarakocra trifecta as i like to call it soria was my my first in 5e kwai came along and then there's been this third one not related to the other two that i'm I'm finally going to get a chance to play. I'm doing a game called The Demon Plague that James Intercasso wrote that's starting in September that I've talked about already. And she is an Aarakocra rogue, but she's an Inquisitor rogue. And her backstory is that... So she's not like sneaky stabby. She, I mean, she is kind of sneaky stabby rogue. And she is kind of thieves rogue, but mostly what she is, she left her clan because she got bored. She didn't want to just be with all the other Aarakocra. She wanted to go see the world. And a circus came into town and it was this motley crew of circus people. And she literally ran away and joined the circus just because she thought it would be fun. 
and it ended up being the second family for her. And the circus is essentially a front for a bunch of Robin Hood type thieves. They go town to town to town and they pull in all of these people and they, they do a real show. But in the process of doing the show, they, they rob from the rich and then they redistribute it to the poor. And in the process of being with all these people and learning all these new things, she has become very, very good at uh, not necessarily sneaking because she's a she's a bird, but at being unnoticed and sleight of handing. And she she really enjoyed this kind of as an era cooker. She doesn't really understand or she didn't for a long time the idea of wealth and of owning things because they they just have this communal society and you just take what you need. So. For her, it became this very natural thing to be like, oh, I'm going to take from this person who has way too much to give this person who has very little. And she also got very good at observing people. Uh, so she is she's and she's curious about everything. She wants to talk to everyone. She wants to see everything. She wants to explore the world. She has a charisma of six. So <laughs> in oh, the oh process. <laughs> so she's very astute. She is incredibly perceptive. She is quick and light on her feet she is wise to the point of of she she can pick up on deception a mile away and because of that she doesn't think anyone really gets away with anything when they try to lie because how could you get away with anything i can tell you're lying so she she almost never lies because she thinks anyone can notice it and she's got the kind of happy blunt mentality that like you're best friend that every once in a while you want to hit has she is the person who will tell you you've got toilet paper on your shoe and that your fly is open and so you appreciate that because she'll tell you the things you need to know but she'll also do it like in the middle of the theater when you're supposed to be sitting down to a play and loudly enough that everybody around you can hear she's the one who blurts like someone's up there lying and she'll just be like nope nope you're wrong about that nope nope, nope. she's just she has no charisma and she doesn't think she's charismatic but she just is she thinks i can see this why can't i'll just say what everybody else is thinking so so that's oh i like that yeah so she is and and i used point by i used that's how i got the charisma of six and it's it's gonna be an interesting thing because i i I need to keep oh do with the charisma of six yeah so i yeah i went down from eight to six and it gave me points back so oh, okay yeah gotcha. so if you use point by you can even things out and that's how you can end up with these really disparate stats and where you can end up as a level one character that's got like a 14 or a 16 or even an 18 and something but then you have to sacrifice somewhere else and you end up with so she's got a, a strength of eight and a charisma of six because she's a little bird with her little hollow bones hmm. well that's the thing like so i kept her her strength not insanely terrible because she still needs to like do things but like yeah it's good i'm super looking forward to playing someone who is who's not dumb and not not perceptive but just maybe is is super friendly but doesn't care <laughs> like is just gonna say whatever comes to mind and is bad about censoring herself <laughs> Dang. Dang. Dumb stats i'm the excited best. i'm a, i'm actually so excited that we get to see that play out and it's not just kind of a fantasy character 
Well, I'm, you guys should all be watching, listening, watching or listening. Uh, both. Yes. So it's going to be, it's called The Demon Plague. It's going to be airing on Twitch on the Don't Split the Podcast Network on Thursday mornings, 10 a.m. Pacific. And then they'll take the, they'll take the audio from that and turn that into a podcast. So if you go to the Don't Split the Podcast Network and look for Demon Plague, it's, uh, James did a big Kickstarter last year for this book, which is a, it's an adventure that takes a group from levels one to level 20. So it's a full giant adventure. And uh, one of the stretch goals, if they met it, was that he would do this this live play. And they met the stretch goal and I got asked to play in it. And I went, all right, I have an idea. I have I have this idea for a character. So, But she is someone that I've played in a couple of one shots, uh, not on air anywhere, just privately in some, some home games and stuff. And I've been dying for the chance to bust her out. So I'm excited. I still am working on a voice. I, I I have to pick a voice for her. You, I'm excited. Jack, what are you ex- what are you excited to potentially play? So I've been talking about this character for a long time now, and I've been talking about oh, good. so much. I must say, I've been waiting. This is what I hoped you'd say. Sorry, keep going. I've been talking about so much. I'm not even sure whether he's going to be a real character at this point. But I am speaking, of course, about Kenny Beggins Jr., or as I've been calling him lately, KBJ. So KBJ is definitely <laughs> the notorious KBJ. The notorious KBJ. So this fellow is definitely a bard. And the reason I wanted to play as a bard is because I wanted to try a support class and do that. But also, those of you who know me know I love to sing and I have it in my head that I can sing. So I would use it as an excuse to probably sing stuff randomly and just make up songs and just riff off of stuff. And then you guys remember the X-Men cartoon from the 90s where, um, you know, Storm would actually poetically depict what she's doing winds of change or whatever you know and talk about yeah like what she's doing i would probably do that as a spellcaster and like sing about what i'm doing or trying to figure out like little ditties and songs on the fly and as far as his background goes i know the last name beggins or baggins implies a halfling no no halfling i have it down to three potential races he's either going to be oh a... i pictured him as a halfling yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. As well. kenny beggins senior He's a famous halfling singer, and this guy's trying to live up to his dad's footsteps. But he oh dear. <laughs> he is either going to be a recurring theme for my characters, I guess. Um, but like he's either going to be a dwarf, a tiefling, or a tabaxi. And I think tiefling might be the most interesting way to go with it because like tieflings are naturally hated by everyone, but KBJ is super chill and super like because he's raised by by halflings or potentially a halfling, and he might he might be raised by a mixed couple. I haven't decided yet. But he's happy, lucky, he's super chill. There's no real bass in his voice. Just looking to have a good time. Part Bob Ross, part Yacht Rock. Kenny Beggins Jr. coming to your radio soon. And he I would just be so super relentlessly positive, even when things are bad, to the point of being annoying. I'm guessing Bernie or Carlton might kill this character, should he ever come to, uh, to fruition. But I like the idea of someone who's like super just chill, but kind of like oblivious the way Seekin is. But also kind of capable. But I think it, I don't know what the intelligence stats requirements for bards are. If they have to be smart or not. But he's no. only going to be. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, he's no. All charisma. <laughs> all charisma, man. You just got to make. You don't want to be smart. You just got to make people like I wanna you. I want to max out. That, I want to min max the, the S out of this character. I'm going to try the active challenge of playing someone who's noticeably dumber than I am. Like Travis Corps average intelligence, <laughs> right? Like, I, I like to think I'm a smart guy. I love it. And I know, at least know things. And I'm curious about the world around me. I think this guy is going to be as dumb as I can make him. And I'm going to play him it. as dumb as I possibly can. Intelligence of six, baby. But he's super charismatic, so people are just like going with it, I guess. It's just like they don't mind that he's dumb. 
See, it's like another famous bard once said, it's not about aptitude, it's the way you're viewed. So it's very true to me. (laughs) Very, very popular. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Pretty much. Exactly. Rely on that bardic... uh, that bardic lore, bardic knowledge. Yeah. And sadly, with fall back on that. <laughs> with that, I have to go because I have to go right. play a D&D game. So you all have tons of fun. And I, I look forward to hearing your answers when I edit this later. Cool, cool. Don't forget to stop and save your audacity. <laughs> I'm going to stop and save. I'm going to stop and save right now. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their Mimic Chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty room to carry minis and more. Over 230 tiny magnets, how do they work? In each Mimic Chest, make assembly a breeze and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on September 9th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. C-I-D-E-F-L-E-E-B-R-E-E-Y-O-R-E. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. All right, now that no, mom's, mom's gone. gone. Mom's gone. Yeah. Mom's, mom's gone. gone. Mom's gone. Riot! <laughs> All right, mom's gone. Next question? Next question. <laughs> Super tame. Super tame. Uh, I, I will say, um, uh, Jack, to the point of playing a dumb character, uh, for a little while I played a paladin named uh, Zulando, who was a former male model. Uh, from a from a coal mining family. Is this a game for ants? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but it was a joy to play him because he just like he just didn't care. Like he he cared about people, but he would just kind of like go into things. Oh, hey, we're in this temple. That's a really comfy looking chair. I'm gonna sit in it. It allowed me to with this group of very new players to kind of like move things along. But under the guise of, oh, yeah, this guy's super dumb. So he would just, he would walk into the room without checking it. New players, they tend to be very cautious. Like, oh, God. I check yeah. the door. I double check the door. I search for traps. All right. Now I try to uh, pick the lock. Hey, can I check the door? And then you never actually get through the door. So the point of this guy was he was just going to open the door. And if it was trapped, he's a paladin with like a uh, 18 con. So, like, he had hit points for days like he could he could take it so much of carlton's gameplay has become clear to me 
course he's going to play the way he plays. Nothing can, very little can take him down. Nothing can take him down. (laughs) It's like, I think one of the things that happens in, in kind of new, like with people who've never played before, it's like, you don't have to do that. It's our game. You get to, like, you get to make the game how you want it to be. It's not the D, you don't have to constantly ask, you do have to ask the DM's permission. But like, I think one of the things I enjoy about playing with you guys and playing with some of the other people we play with is like we let the the role play lead. And I think that is the other hard thing to learn when you're new, which is that it's you can be so far out of your comfort zone doing a voice or doing something dumb. And I think the biggest thing you need in a group is support to do weird things. Like what was it? We were playing this game that you made for us, Robach Redwall, where Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like a really chavy mouse and it was really fun, but I would, I don't think if I was in another situation, I'd feel comfortable. Like, I'm very comfortable in, in things that are in my, even with voices. Like, Lauren was talking about her saga of, uh, Aarakocra. I have like a weird saga of country voices. You? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Ryan asks, thoughts on magical items. How many is too many? And Ryan is at Kohlberg R-Y or Kohlberg Rye at yeah on twitter so magic items how many is too many it depends on the campaign i don't know i love loot like i play adventures league yeah. a lot like a lot a lot and it's very high magic every module gives a magic item there's uh different hardcovers have like storm king's unders has a lot of magic items in it so it really depends on the campaign there's no such thing as too many unless you have a low magic campaign. Like, in your world, there's not a lot. But in the worlds that we play in Adventures League or, like, other modules, there is a lot of magic items. I, I have one character. Here, let me pull it up. Uh, he's got, like, 15 magic items. Wow. What? See, that's, that actually, if they're, like, how many is too many? For me, 15. that... 15. <laughs> 15 is, is too many. Yeah. Too many. Well, he's also level 20, in all fairness. Like, he's retired. One, two, He's retired. Three, this four, is his. Five, six, seven. Well, this eight, is his trophy nine, room. 10, then in 11, his den. Twelve, thirteen. He's got thirteen. That's that. Yeah, he's got in his house over in uh in Skyrim. He's the, he's he keeps his stuff in like the backup gallery in the backup estate. Yeah, but then again, I've played him from level one to twenty. Like some of my level fives, uh, you know, three items, four items. You know, depends on what they've gone through. I what I think is. What I like about having a lot of magic items is the versatility, especially, like, if it's a lot of attunement items, what you have to flip around for what you're encountering. Like, I have a sorcerer who's insane, because he's a wild magic sorcerer, he's a halfling, and he loves collecting wands. So, like, every he's got six magic items, which are all wands, and a broom of flying. But he constantly is, like, he's got a bandolier of wands, but obviously I can only be attuned to three of them, so I attune to different ones for different adventures. That's a good way to RP it. So, yeah. you know, it's there's I don't think there's, there's such a thing as too many because, like, I'm not always, especially when you hit, like, tier four stuff, like, the 18 to 20 stuff, you're going up against gods, you know? Like, I, the very last adventure he did was making sure Dendar, the night serpent, the god, of, one of the gods of the Yanti, doesn't consume the sun. Okay, it's yeah. kind of beneficial to have 20 or 13 magic items. He's also got three warships that he bought. Because he's a pirate. But those don't count. Of course. So, okay, let's, like, kind of come to a consensus. Because I feel like in Adventures League, the magic item system is is heavy enough that that's just how you yeah. play. Like, if you don't get magic items, you can, can be like, become nerfed. 
And they have a... It's changing up, and they haven't finalized. They're releasing a draft, like, later in the month. But they're changing the way the distribution will work. But previously, it was... If everybody at the table consents, a person A gets it. If two people want it, then the person with the lower item count gets the item. Alright, so that way everybody kind of progresses at roughly the same level. And if two people who both want it, two or more, and have equal item count, then you just do a roll-off for who gets it. So that way way you don't have somebody who shows up with 13 items gets the item. Unless it's like... Like a folding boat for my pirate character who has a habit of sinking his ships. Okay, roleplay-wise, he really wants a boat that can never sink. And nobody else wants it. They're all like, yeah, this this item's perfect for you. Or if it's like, oh, yeah. this item can only be attuned by the wizard, even though he has the most, you can have it because I don't feel like trading it. But let's say, you know what? I don't have a lot and I need to get some on this item. I'll take it and I'll trade it to somebody else who can use it. And then that way they can get something that they need for their character. Yeah, I feel like this is so funny. Uh, I I was thinking about this. We're thinking about numbers of bridesmaids. Uh, two of you have already been through the wedding planning shenanigan. But <laughs> it's so funny because I think there, in some situations, is a number like six is a great number. And the second we thought about seven, we went, oh, that's so many. And it's like just one more person and it becomes so many people. So I feel like there's like a like 13 is too many And I even think like three or four feels like to me a good number because for me, it's about actually getting to use them. Like, I feel like if I had so many, I'd forget I had them or like, I don't think I, I, you overestimate my ability to keep track of shit. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, I agree. Like in the magic items that I've had for other characters and other campaigns, there's always been like the signature item, like yeah. the thing that you kind of always use. And you see that in other characters, like Scanlan's uh, uh, cone that he used to cast stuff in Critical Role or someone's magic sword or something like that. Those are the kind of things that stick with you. And I think, to answer the question, I think for most characters, I think anywhere from four four to eight would be for me, depending. And then... And a good mix of like, hey, this is not attunable like Goggles of Night, or this is attunable where it's a weapon or or a casting item. But that's kind of what I think. And I think I I kind of agree. I agree with the the versatility. I think that's good. But I also agree that like, like Jules said, you actually want to be have it something that you use and then you're kind of like known for it. I'm kind of the same like school thought like. That analogy of how many bridesmaids or groomsmen should you have is kind of perfect. Like, for me, it's like if you were writing a comic book team, how many X Men on your team, how many Avengers on your team? It's kind of the same same thing. Like, after you get to a point where it's like five, you're probably putting some of them into less heavy rotation. And I think that the more you have, the more you have to keep track of. And ideally, the game should not be about the items you have, but the interplay between the characters in your party. I would think. So I think that the more items you have, the more of a hindrance it is to the storytelling and the gameplay. It becomes like the techno babble in Star Trek. It becomes a, a hindrance yeah. to to accessibility, if nothing else. It's kind of weird for me to say, like, not all the magic items, since I love loot and I play games where loot is very important. Like, I, I have come down a lot from my hoarding ways in Destiny, but in... In Skyrim, nope, I'm a fucking hoarder. I'm such a hoarder in Skyrim. In in Mass Effect, oh, hey, this gun does something weird? Okay, I gotta keep that. 
I'm not going to dismantle yeah. it. Uh, oh, hey, I have four Flareons in uh, in Pokemon Go. Well, I got to keep them all because they're all top stats. So I'm not getting rid of any of those. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of weird for me to put like limits on my loot when I fucking yeah, love Same. Loot. I'm a pack rat. So, I mean, I have boxes and boxes of stuff. I still have all the cards of, you know, gifts from people from my wedding, which was three years ago. One day you might get a thank you card in the mail. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> but uh, it's I, I, I'm not yet. Yeah. My pirate, he only got has. Well, he technically has four attunement items, but one of them is a wand that he's holding for the wand collector. But I only have three attunement items. And so I never yeah. actually swap out. Everything else is, like, RP-wise or uh, magical weapons. Yeah, for me, I think, honestly, the thing comes down to it is, like, I like a challenge, and I I don't like OP shit. Like, I don't like overpowered, like, it's just, it's not interesting to me. And it's it's, it's so funny, because I think, like, I, this is gonna be, I don't know, I don't know what your, your childhoods are like, but little children... And often little girls, but I would never exclude little boys from this or anyone else for that matter, in the pool like to play mermaid. And I remember distinctly when you would come up and you, most of playing mermaids involves describing what you look like and picking like a color scheme. And there's always some sort of precious gemstone involved. And someone always like, it's a lot of early days, it became a lot of one-upmanship. And I remember feeling mad because there'd always be one kid that go, oh, I have that too. And you're like, I spent a long time thinking about my mermaid that entirely revolves around Ruby. Can you back the fuck off? <laughs> uh, you know, when you're six. <laughs> yeah, not to mention inflating the fake economy of mermaids. Inflating the fake mermaid economy. Like, I just, like, are oh, like, you just, like, come up with something really cool. And someone else is like, I've got that too. And I always, like, I think since I was a kid, it kind of bothers me. Because I'm like, but no, that's not interesting. What's interesting is everybody that's so different. And I think maybe this is what interests me about D&D. But, like, I love it when you have, your characters have weaknesses. I love it when you don't. I like it when you don't have what you need. Like, the moment when someone whips out the exact right thing that we didn't think we'd ever use is a pretty fucking killer moment. So I never deny that. But if that is always what's happening, if you always have the thing that just magically opens the door, if you never have to think through things, or if you can one, you know, one hit kill something, it's just like, I I mean, there. I think you guys will all agree the moments where we really all thought we were going to die or we really all thought we were going to lose something or we thought we weren't going to achieve it. Those are so impactful and real. And part of it, of course, is Lauren's ability to storytell. But the other part, I think, is like d and supposed to be a challenge. It's supposed to be about looking at what you've got and making it fucking work. And I would never – I think for me – to. Too many magic items. Like, I love the silly ones, like the cloak of many colors. That's never going to come in handy fighting a boss. And it will come in handy when it comes to making good story. But I think the second you've got enough stuff that the things you fight aren't a challenge or aren't interesting anymore, what am, what am I here for? What's the challenge? What's the story? Why am I doing this still? I've It's time to retire and, and put open my cabinet of curiosities and say, look at all this shit that I one shot killed a bunch of monsters with. Look at so. this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you, Wouldn't think, you like, think that my collection is complete with all the things I got from people I killed? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't yeah. Think I like, like I said earlier, it's, it's really commensurate on tier, I think. Like, yeah. that if a, if a level 5, anything below level 17 has 13 magic items, that's too much. But when you, like I said, when you get to tier 4, your checks for things are gonna be sometimes over 20. 
you're going to need the stat modifiers to be able to actually hit those numbers because they don't make 30-sided die in this game. Yeah, I think this might be something for me that is, like, maybe even a new thing is just playing so much Cthulhu. Your chance of success goes down, and it's very hard to min-max because, like, it's, like, it's far more, like, I think that has honestly changed the way I play D&D where failing becomes okay because it is so interesting when you fail and i would never say that i would set out to fail because i think when you're on a really good team like we are you have a lot riding on succeeding for the other people but yeah it's just like i'm like yeah i want to make this check i want to make it so bad but i have a 20 percent chance of making it so if i make it it's great but if i don't make it it's equally great in, like, a horrible way. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's got its own level of is great there. Is it an adventure or is it a repair job? Is it just, oh, this situation, I'll just pop the flare with the flare bow twice and call it a day. Is it a repair tutorial or is it actually an adventure? Because the adventure comes with the unknown and the challenge. And I think the more stuff you have, the more tools you have, the more it is just plugging the right key into the right thing. And that's not as nearly as interesting as, as the mystery behind it. And, and Gavin with you guys in particular. And also, I... Definitely think with magic items, it should be commensurate with, like, the task at hand that you find. Like, if you're going into an ancient dragon's horde, and you're, like, level 7, and you survive, you better get something cool out of that. Yeah, there better be, you better get something really good. Because that means you played smart, or not played, you, you tactically thought smart, you figured out the strengths and the weaknesses, the party comp, you did what you could to keep the party alive, and you survived a... Very deadly task. Yeah, I want. I better get a holy avenger out of this thing. Yeah, looking back at our animal adventure game, like if I had known what was going to go down, I probably would have put a level one spell or the restriction on those things that let the animals like tap into your powers. <laughs> the fireball <laughs> moment was hilarious, but if we ever get yeah. back to that, um, maybe maybe Amira says that you shorted those I things out. I think I gave you an out, though. I think I asked several times. You did. So Yeah, I, I should have known, it? but like, at the same, I thought it was funny. I thought it was worth doing it one time just to, for the effect of it. And we were running low on time anyway. I want to get it done. I think for the vibe. But don't be surprised if Amira the Meerkat tells you that you shorted the things out and maybe you can only tap into level one next time around. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, and it kind of reminds me of a Facebook post I had where it's like the pygmy owl that hunted uh, lots of things. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, no. He murdered a man. Oh, my. I believe it's, I have. Oh, my. I have a taste for murder now. And it tastes great. Oh, you have a murder I, owl. And, and I can fi- fire both. Ooh, yes. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> pygmy owl kills entire town of greenest. We actually got a, a question from a friend of the show, Carly, though. Oh, cool. We, we do. Did. That's what we were going to, that's what I was going to herd you all to. So actually, speaking of magical things that uh, maybe sometimes change the way you act, uh, what was the worst drink someone ever picked? Uh, I think it's this thing I'm going to drink on the podcast of Waterdeep called Ranch Dressing Flavored <laughs> Soda. Yeah, I think it, oh God. I haven't even opened it and I'm already regretting it. Yeah, I'm like, I fucking love ranch dressing. I need to explain to you guys, like, I am from the South. I am a great, my mom told me, she's like, you like gravy, which is her thing saying, you just like fucking sauces and you will find any vehicle to put them in your mouth. So I love, <laughs> like, you know how sometimes a Chick-fil-A, they would give you the extra barbecue sauces and you wouldn't need them all, but it would be a shame to waste them and you're sitting in your dorm room eating lunch trying to study. I have a study. stockpile of those on my desk at work. So you just drink one because no one can see you. <laughs> 
No, I don't so, ever do that. No, no. I, what I'm trying to say is I'm, you know, like, you know, you got some ranch dressing left. You don't have any more carrots. So you kind of stick your tongue in the ball. That's me oh dear. as yeah. a human. I think your drink is so gross and I would never put it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm, that being said, I'm excited for next week. Now, let's let's kind of, I think we know the worst drink. What has been y'all's worst drink? Like thing that you just went, no. I've had some stinkers. I know I've gone to the laboratory a couple of times and sometimes I have success and sometimes I don't. I remember there was one where the, what I was drinking actually looked like, like Barberside. And I think I described it as tasting like Barberside. I don't remember what was in it. Oh, I think right. It was like no, I remember Curacao that. And a couple other things. And maybe it was too much booze in there and not enough orange juice or something. We were like, why? That sounds yeah, awful. And I kept doing it. This is the drink I made. I'm like, once I make a decision, even if it's a bad one, I just go forward with it. Like, because we're recording now. I really do respect that because you keep drinking it. And I keep thinking, he doesn't have, but you commit. It's a weird, for- it's a weird very specific form of discipline. Jonathan, what's been the worst for you? Mm, so in the three or four years that we've been doing Dungeon Drunks, I've had a lot to drink. So uh, I don't remember all my bad ones, but the one that I can recently remember as not being great was when I got some apple pie moonshine from a local place. And this was not nearly as good as the wonderful apple pie moonshine that a uh, friend of the show, uh, Spam Man, got us uh, that one year and fucking saved our panel because, I mean, we didn't bring any booze, but he brought plenty for us. <laughs> it was apple pie moonshine cut with apple juice, and that was wonderful. So me being as I am and wanting to cut down on the amount of juices, I was like, well, this apple pie moonshine is not great. So what can I cut it with that is vaguely apple? Hmm, manzana soda. Well, manzana soda still has, like, lots of sugar. So I'm going to try diet manzana soda. Ugh, I remember not, this, yeah. Yeah, not good. I, I don't know that I played it up all that much when I was drinking it. I think I was more like, like, uh, like, grin and bearing it. But I still have that fucking manzana, diet manzana soda in my fridge, and I haven't fucking touched it. And I meant to bring that apple pie moonshine to inflict it. I mean, provide it to my friends at mm-hmm. RTX, mm-hmm. and I forgot it, and it's probably for the best. Uh, Selak. Yes. I have an idea of what the worst one you've had is so far. Go on. I believe the bottle was a bright pink and blue, but you the, can tell me if I'm correct. Oh, God. Ah. One girlfriend brought me. Because she's like, oh, you drink ah. weird things on this. I bought you because you, you're you're sober now. I bought you this. And I'm like, thanks, babe. Thanks. I love you. Ah. Oh, God, it's so bad. Ah. I still love you, though. <laughs> dry, dry, ah. heavy coughs. <laughs> God, in recent memory. So I think I've been picking really well. It I sounds like from, yeah. from every time you pick something, it sounds awesome. God, I'm in mean, I mean, fucking Canada right now. I'm going to say this. Wayne Gretzky can't make wine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if we had. I think I had Jules, it on this. Yeah. Jules will hear you. They'll hear me. He'll hear me. Honestly, though, he. You're not a pro start winemaking, Wayne. You're wine- you are a hockey legend. I'll stick to what you know. But your wine is bad. Mm, it's not yeah. good. Apparently, he also makes ice wine or something, and I know people who are big fans of wine that are like, ice wine's disgusting. Uh, But, God, it's been years since I've had it, if I've had any at all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one big misstep. And we were just, like, in the Lickbo, looking at this Wayne Gretzky wine, going, how can we not? 
Yeah. yeah. How can we not? How can we not? That was like the worst thing I've had to drink in a really long time. Now, Carly also had a quick follow-up of um, thieves tools or a diamond first. I think go... we should let the relevant parties answer that I one. I think we're going to go around and take a vote of what you think your character, if like, would would ask Bernie to get. Jonathan the Magic Muscular would definitely uh, prod for the diamond first. But the thieves tools would be a pretty quick second. All right. What is what is Carlton vote? Well, the the inquisitive person that Carlton is would definitely think thieves tools because ooh, what's behind this lock thing that we can never get into? The fact that I'm in the front and have a high risk of dying <laughs> makes me want to say diamond. But I think thieves tools would go first because Car- Bernie has yet to let Carlton get to that point. And he trusts in Bernie. Oh, wow. She would bring him back up before he actually died. That's quite the compliment. That's that's, that's a level of trust. It is a, it is a huge level of trust. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. Please don't let me die, Bernie. I, I won't let you die. So, head says diamond, heart says thieves tools used to steal a diamond. That's what Travancore wants. <laughs> that's to the answer right there. Thieves tool to steal the diamond. We... But you need to go. You need to get it so you can go back to that shady ass shop that we wouldn't leave in an or in a uh, prompt you like thieves tools and deal with that. I got these. How about the thieves tools? I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a mixed reference if ever there was one. But yeah, really, Travancore. And then we're like, no, you're thieving wrong. You're not supposed to tell him. You're supposed like, to tell Trav-Gore him after. Veneer of like homework and vegetables and responsibility and duty that were drilled into him from an early age. But I think his own core character left to his own design would appreciate the challenge and the craft of acquiring thieves tools and then using the seal of diamonds. So you don't have to choose like he's a, how do you make the pie bigger kind of guy? He's not an either or like, you know, zero sum game kind of person. And neither am I. <laughs> now that I think about, uh, I, I always feel like Bernie is on a precipice. <laughs> For me. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't, yeah, this is the one thing when you guys were all talking about these, like, amazing fucking characters you had in line, I kept thinking, oh, shit, I don't have anything. And then I thought, there's always a part of me that feels like Bernie could so easily be evil. <laughs> like, I just, I there's a huge part of me that has always wanted to, I think I mentioned you guys wanted to play, like, an evil twins game. And then I, I've always thought, like, there is such a beautiful option, I feel like, the Thieves Tools or the Diamond is, like, what while Travancore views it as like we don't have to live in a dichotomy, I feel like for me for Barney it's like Yeah, there's like the selfish choice, right? Like she wants these tools, there's that part of that kid that child in her that wants them, that wants to steal things, that has a pillowcase for stealing things. And then there's like the non selfish choice, which is the diamond, and that I think even that is a selfish choice because like she does not like not being in control. I think she would 100% pick the diamond because even if she had to steal it, it wouldn't even be like a buying thing. It would be a like, she wants to be in control of this. She wants to resurrect her friends if they need it. But I think she just wants, she just wants control of, uh, she wants control over death. Hmm. Wow. So I think it would be the diamond. Wow. I didn't think I'd be thinking that deeply about Diamonds versus Steve Tools. Well, tell you what, since uh, since you you handled that question 
with a like you said a depth that you hadn't expected uh this one oh, is not quite as deep i thought that'd be a good one to go out on yeah well no it has to be asked to you because uh you are the player of bernice q burns and the question is let me bring it oh, back I know what you're talking no, I'm about. Uh, yeah that. yeah uh, let's see, see here. I was going to do it like uh, the uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me style, where we roll the credits and you guys all give one quick. <laughs> nice. Nope. Uh, it was uh, Anti-Tectonic, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah, Anti-Tectonic asks, what are Ber- Bernie and Seekin going to name the kids? Well, Bernie and Seekin are not having any children, friend. I do believe if you... It's out today, right? Yeah, it's out today. Yeah. So yeah, you it's can out clarify. Today. If you've listened, Bernie didn't say she's about B. Segan's like baby mama. Bernie made a comment that she's about B. Segan's grandma. <laughs> so her and Segan aren't gonna have any children. Alright, what would you and Equiar name your children? I don't know. What would Ber- Bernie doesn't really want children. Bernie would practice safe sex. Is that a is that too much of an out? There's a sp- I feel that there's a spell for that. Yeah. There's a spell for that. Do you want the, like, Julia Rogers historian who's studied, who's had to study, like, birth control methods from the past as a, for her job? Or do you want the, like, what would fantasy birth control look like answer? I I think that it would take the form of, like, a preventative, like a, like a condom, and then, like, contraceptive, like a morning after pill. And I think the arcane one would be the contraceptive, and the divine version would be the preventative. So, like, as a as a cleric, you could cast, like, I don't know. I don't know, I could cast... <laughs> like, whole... stop semen or could something like that? I cast like whole person on his... <laughs> whole semen. Whole semen. <laughs> Afterward, you know, uh, the the arcane one is just the, the same thing as a morning after pill. I think that's, I think that works out. Yeah, I just, I don't know, Bernie doesn't like... I can't see Bernie have like I I've never liked the idea of like deciding that simply because your characters are religious they have to be celibate. I think that's looking too much at one faith's version of like what people who live in temples look like and not like thinking outside the box. Yeah, man, Vectoria wasn't celibate. Yeah, <laughs> she's not. She's not celibate. That's not a tenet of of Bay that to serve her you can't. In fact, that would be so so the opposite. But she also is like. She's so young. She she made that comment because she's a gnome and she's 42. Jonathan the Magimuscular appreciates the liberal sexual views that uh, his new religion has. Yeah, I mean, like, gnomes live to be so old and the, she could easily be 350 years old at the end of her life. Mm-hmm. She's like a really horny teenager. Like she's sort of <laughs> like she's like just out of her horny teenager phase, not even. So she's just like, I'll have sex with a god. She's like she's in the Feywild, everything's shot to shit. She wants to go home, but she's like, you know what? Fuck it. If we're here, why not fuck it? Like, she's like, let's see if I can get away with hitting on a god. Apparently, that's what we deal in now. <laughs> so, uh, remind me, because my memory is uh, is alcohol-fuzzled from the last couple of years, but uh, didn't Carlton want to bang Rachel? I did try that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It didn't go so well, and I was lucky to make it out alive. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think a potential, like, like Ecthiarn-Bernie relationship would... Work out a little bit. It was better? mostly because like Rachel was really old, so like I was hedging my bets on her dying and then like bequeathing everything on me. 
I was gold digging, Rachel. You were trying wow. to get a sugar mama. I was trying mama. to get a sugar mama. I mean, she gave us a house, and I'm grateful for the house. But yeah, I was definitely trying to get a sugar mama as I was gold digging a god. Wow, your character really is smarter than mine. Travis would never thought of that. <laughs> or am I not smarter than you and thought that it's a very bad idea was a good idea? Yeah, maybe a little bit calm. I think Travancore doesn't think maliciously. Like That's I think clearly not angry. true. Well, no, because I think, like, you do, you were upset, you were horribly upset about what your family members had done, but you were also devastated to have to do it. Someone who naturally thinks maliciously, a person, like, wouldn't at, react how you acted, and I think Travancore as a character... Had, to say someone doesn't think maliciously is not to say that they don't get angry or not to say that they aren't capable of hurting people. And I think, that, you know, like that's but Travancore is not a character who approaches situations. I think ironically, out of all of us, you have your character approach situations without greed in mind. You would ask for fair compensation, but you've never been like, what can, I'm only doing this because of what I can get out of it. Yeah, but part of that is he comes from a very wealthy kingdom and a noble family, so scarcity is kind of a novelty for him more than anything else. So, I mean, if you go through life hungry, maybe it shapes you differently. Maybe he has luxury of being, like, rich and therefore, like, you know, not having to worry about that kind of thing as much. That's true. I think there are a lot of rich people who don't have. Fair. Also, like, back on, I just want to be like, let's steer it back to the sex thing. Yeah. I think something I've been thinking about is, and I would love to hear your opinions on this before we don't give Lauren, like, a bajillion things to edit. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I was honestly thinking about this in the sense that, like, you know, like, this is a podcast that we now know kids listen to. and But I also think, Hi, like, Philip. <laughs> Hi, Philip, please grow up and make good choices and know that, like, there's some <laughs> things you just don't do until you're an adult and you definitely don't do them until you feel comfortable doing them. And also until the person you're doing them with feels comfortable. Consent's really important. You can learn that as a kid or an adult. Consent's important, ladies and gentlemen. And that comes to just things like hey, can I hold your hand? No, that's cool. We're still friends. No, I think, honestly, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, like, about, like, the idea of, like, hey, yeah, like, what if we just played it that our character, like, our characters don't really go off banging a lot of people. A character that, again, is in a game that, like, Sedlak and I just played. I was, like, sitting there, I was like, you know what? I can just have her hit on someone. Let's see what's gonna happen. Like, I, it's, it's not a thing we've played in this game. And that actually, admittedly, only what happened with Bernie only happened because I just came out of Call of Cthulhu where we were just being complete and total idiots like normal. And did you guys feel like that would have a, like, you guys, several of you have been in almost romantic situation. Would you do the deed on, on, on podcast? Jonathan the Match Muscular would absolutely bang on the podcast. Uh, I think Carlton would probably move it to a room. <laughs> <laughs> other than the room you're recording no like i would like in at, like as the podcast like he would move to a room and then be like and he's going to spend the night with so-and-so you would you would fade you would fade to black i would i would i would, I would fade and then be like he's gonna come back after four hours <laughs> <laughs> he's that several hours later got my second wind <laughs> Yeah, that's why we don't work on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just answered my own My fighter feature, Second Wind. God, now I have to think of which spell is best for banging that Jonathan the Magic Muscular has. One Haste. second. <laughs> or no, slow. Uh, 
no, no. Uh, yeah, slow would be better. While he's Let thinking about spells, Travancore. Oh, thinks- spider climb. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> do oh, some weird shit. Warren, do the I'm weird so sorry. Stuff. You trust me. <laughs> you trust in me. It's a callback to a song John and I used to sing 10 years ago. <laughs> Uh, would Travancore ever ever uh, consummate his relationship with Olivia Passerat? Well, I don't know if you heard the very end of uh, of his thing with Ekthiarn, but we don't know. No, actually, okay. I will tell you this. I have actively chosen not to listen Same to y'all's dreams because okay. I've decided that uh, your characters would share them with Bernie if they felt the need to share them. So I just chose not to listen. Oh, wow, that's bigger than I was. I listened to all yours. <laughs> I want to. Same. I, I might. So I kind of want to listen to Bernie's just because I need to make sure I remember what I said. Let me say that the thing going through Travancore's mind right now is that the whole family problem with his family is that his family exists. And that that problem goes away when his line dies out. So right now, he's probably not even in a place where he can seriously think about, like, you know, intimacy in any kind of serious way. However, usually when you have that kind of like mental block, if if that were to clear or lift or we get any kind of resolution on that whole fiend storyline where Travancore was no longer under that compunction, well, that might be a Dungeon Drunks episode for Fracky. Let me put it that way. Dungeon Drunks After Dark. After the dark. one where they yeah, all this say. Is where, like, Philip, don't listen to this one. Just go to bed. Philip, don't listen to this Skip. <laughs> Come back. Go to bed. Come over. It's all like mayonnaise you. and mustard. We think you're rad. We Stop, think you're please. rad. There's some things that are just not for your little human brain. Oh my god, you have no like just kind of on the same subject when that when we identified that feather and it turned out to be the rock token and so it's the express flight to greenest. Jonathan the match muscular is so goddamn happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we'll see. Like that's that's so that kind of brings us back to like the the role play and the story in the game because uh as the player i'm really excited to see what jonathan the magic muscular will find with his relationship with dorveen like will she be in the same place that she was will she have missed him will she have oh yeah hey you're back that's great or is that has that turned sour i or she I'm just really not maybe not even sour maybe just like i gotta move on yeah, exactly. And and I mean, uh, I am uh, obviously there are things that I want for Jonathan the Magic Muscular and some of that is banging, but I I am curious to see how this will turn out. And and so I I'm really excited to to visit that. Hopefully here soon. Yeah. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. I don't I don't know. If that, I don't think that's a spoiler. I just like I think I'm pro but I, I also realized, and that was like the other reason in our other game that I was like, no, you can just do this. I think for, and I'm sure there's a lot of women who maybe don't realize they like D&D for this reason, but it's probably in in there. A lot of stories about women, you don't get to have them without relationships with men. You get to be defined by your relationships with men in, like, almost all popular fiction. And it is really a big search to find anything, like... like. And I, I think Bernie is incredibly defined with by her relationships with three men who she is very close to. And I would never want to not have her be defined by these relationships that matter to her. But romantic relationships especially. And it, I don't know. I think maybe there was, like, a really weird part of me that was, like, I have to keep her single because she gets to do all these amazing things and she gets to be her own person. And it has nothing to do with who she's banging. 
<laughs> like it has nothing to do with who she's gonna kiss you're not i really hope to god that people like it's so nice to hopefully play a character and have people like a female character and your w- thoughts and worries for her are not oh my god are they gonna kiss but like oh my god is she gonna forgive her friend or are they gonna be mad at each other forever or, like oh my god like are they gonna live oh my god like you gonna eat those sandwiches or not man this is a really big deal <laughs> Like I, I think as like that's to me like the magic of playing D and D. Yeah, you you gotta eat that sandwich. Let me get into that sandwich. No, Carlton, sandwich is. Oh, not. I want the sandwich. No, Carlton, get your own I, sandwich. I, I, God damn it! I have- Hold person. I face palm. <laughs> Bernie, eats, Bernie, Bernie puts uh, the entire sandwich in her mouth, forgets she has a cold, and now she can't breathe. <laughs> but she's gonna eat it. <laughs> done that. I've done that. Okay, and actually, see. Oh, I did almost die one time doing that. I, I mean, I hope you guys feel the same way, that it's, like, part of D&D is getting to, like, have a story that's not defined by... I can use tropes, but it's not defined by maybe the tropes people see for you because of your gender or your sexual orientation. Like, you can be gay, and you don't have to deal with kill the gays, and, like, you can be brown, and it's just... You're just brown. You don't... You can create a world where you're not being racist id against. That was good. That was good languaging. Yes, it was. You can create it. You can D and D can be a world despite being based on a very white and medieval society where it didn't like women or brown people. I, I, bro- uh, I browned up my character some. Yeah, I browned up I my character I, some. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's kind of why I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of why I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's nice to play somebody who it's just like, you know what? Maybe I won't have her fall in love. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. All her conflict, not have to deal with who she's banging. She can, that's, that's kind of a nice, nice thing. But yeah, she would bang at the yarn. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeon drunks after Dark Lord's like, God. The fuck, Moth goes away for a little Catherine bit. Catherine did, but Bernie sure did. Everyone's banging everyone. <laughs> all right, any last thoughts, friends, before we get to go? I'll turn our air conditioners back on. <laughs> no, this was super yeah. fun, and I'm really glad we did yeah. it. All right, everybody. I always love the When Mom's Away episodes. Okay, we're going to stop and save your audacity. Before we do, everybody gets 5,000 experience points. I think I, 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 think I heard 50,000. Uh, 50,000 divided by yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fair. yeah, it's fair. It's fair, it's fair. Uh, since, yeah, since I'm the DM right now, since I'm in charge, and Lauren okayed it, and it's, we're all level, I don't even know, Uh, that, that would put us probably closer to 11. Yeah, level 11. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's, it's more, more spells. The jumps, the jumps get up pretty high. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.